Welcome to the Housewife of Horrors podcast. And welcome back. This episode, we have another listener request. Our first listener request of the year. This is from Matt, and he requested uh, Kara Kapetsky and Jessica Runyon's. But before we get into that, um, Evil is not with us again, and it's not just going to be me. I got Charming Amy to come back and, you know, spitball with me about this case back and forth, so it's not so boring like the Charles Ray Hatcher one was. My apologies for just be me reading off this timeline so <laughs> i know it probably wasn't my best episode but amy did you have a nice christmas it was a very lovely christmas very busy and lovely well we're about to uh get to the nitty-gritty this is you know pretty hardcore case here not pretty hardcore uh, i don't know why i said that but anyway so this information is a combination of witness testimony from court documents and they refer to the uh the witnesses by initials only so there's going to be a lot of that and then kshb tv 41 had an amazing timeline of news stories just a very comprehensive timeline from 2007 to today pretty much so they did a really good job at covering that hats off to channel 41 so without further ado Kara Kapetsky was a 17 year old girl lived in Belton went to Belton High School had a job at Popeye's Chicken you know just a typical teenage Midwestern girl well, on April 27th, 2007, um, she was on her way to her after-school job at Popeye's, like I said, and um, she was leaving her job when her ex-boyfriend, and I hate this fucking guy's name. I hate it. I hate his face. Um, every fucking article that I did in this <laughs> timeline, there's a mugshot of his fucking smug-ass uh -huh. face. I hate his face, but his name is Kyler Eust. Kyler. Kyler! Anyway, Kyler was 18 at the time, and he wanted Kara to hang out with him, but she didn't. Uh, so he forced her into his car, and he drove around with her for a few hours before letting her out. So he basically kidnapped her from school. Well, on August 30th, just uh, three days after that, she goes and gets a restraining order against him, and he will be served the next day. So how many days are there in April? There's only... January, February, March, April. 30? 30. Okay, so he was served on March 1st. I did not put in there March 1st. <laughs> Kyle, Kyler was served. Uh, so anyway, on May 4th, a witness only uh, listed as AC came into the Belton Police Department and reported Kara missing. Police questioned AC as to why they are filling out a missing persons report. They uh, claimed that they hadn't seen her for, quote, at least two days and that she could not be reached by phone, end quote. Mm. So we've already got some, you know, red flags going up. Well, anyway, police end up calling Kara's parents, Rhonda and Jim Beckford, uh, her mom and stepdad. Her mom says that she was home that day, but she hadn't heard from her since. So May 4th seems to be mm -hmm. kind of the starting of this. Yeah. Well, May 5th goes down and there's still no word from Kara. Um, 
May 6th. There's a lot of timeline that will be day by day, and then we're going to have some big gaps here and there. But May 6th, police contact Kyler about Kara's disappearance. He claims the last time he saw and spoke to her was the afternoon of May 3rd. He denies seeing her uh, after that day, but says that he got a missed call from her on May 4th around 11 a.m. She didn't answer uh, when he tried to call back. So mm -hmm. they're kind of playing phone tag, according right. to him. Well, they don't know this right away, but, you know, this timeline, records, phone records, they get those. So records indicate that he lied about the calls, and records show that Kara did call him on May 4th, but it was at 9.13. He called her back seven minutes later at 9.20. Um, he admits to grabbing her also when they would get into fights and also to kidnapping her on April 28th because he heard that she was dating other guys and he was upset. So oh, there's going to be this um, non-return of love and affection throughout this theme so um hmm. yeah so she, well, i mean what do you expect from some guy named kyler and who puts his fucking hands on you no so kidding. uh good for her for getting away when she did right. um she had the common smarts for that but okay so now it's may 9th 2007 it's payday at popeyes and of course you know 17 year old girl she's gonna want her paycheck of course she didn't pick it up so now even more red flags are going up. Uh, by June 1st, Belton police search her locker to find her debit card was in there. So that's why there was no activity on her card, say mm -hmm. maybe because 17 years old, a lot of times police will think, oh, she's a runaway. Right. She'll pop up somewhere. She'll need to buy food or, you know, do something. So July 23rd, Kyler is questioned again by Belton police. He tells them that they got into an argument on May 3rd and the fight was about a friend of hers that was coming in from St. Louis and she wanted to hang out with him. So it was a male friend and he is identified only as J.H., so at this point, Belton police start questioning witnesses. We've already got this one witness that's filed a police report mm -hmm. before her parents even did. She's not showing up for her paycheck. She doesn't have her debit card. And Kyler's fucking story is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. So that's not suspicious at all. You know, yeah. So police questioned J.H. And he states that he was supposed to come into town to visit her that weekend, May 6th but uh, didn't make it to town because he kept calling her and his calls went unanswered. So he obviously didn't come out, but right. JH didn't know that she was missing until May 7th when he called the house phone where she lived. So and that's when I guess he spoke to the mom mm -hmm. and that's when the news broke to JH from St. Louis. So next they talked to a friend of Kyler's only identified as KR. So he tells police that Kara called him on May 4th asking her, asking if her and Kyler could come and hang out with KR. He was busy and was unable to hang out. However, I don't know what that time frame of him being busy, but he says Kyler came over alone around 1230 to, and this is a direct quote, smoke a cigarette. Okay. So he came over apparently to this guy's house to smoke a cigarette. All right. 
Then Kyler called him later that same day and he was crying and asked KR not to tell anyone that he was with Kara because she had already issued the restraining order. But, um, so yeah, he would have been in trouble. But right. from my understanding, I always thought this was how it went. But once you get a restraining order and you invite that person over to come hang out or you call them, if the issuer of the restraining order makes invites to who they are trying to keep away, that makes the restraining order null and void. That's what I understand too. So I don't know if he would, ne if he pursued her, I can see it getting in trouble. But if she's like hanging out, like basically asking people right. to hang out, it sounds like maybe she got the restraining order in haste. I personally don't think so. If somebody wants to kidnap me from school and drive me around town and then leave me somewhere. Yeah, I don't think so. No, we're not hanging out. But anyway, uh, so Kyler calls him crying, says that, you know, hey, don't say anything that we're together. KR also said that he tried calling her numerous times that day, Kara, uh, but there was no answer. So now we've got another layer to this of she's not answering calls um, from friends, from friends supposed to be coming in from out of town. Mm -hmm. This is just, I mean, this is red flags since day one. Technically that, you know, he's putting himself as an alibi with her at that point, you know, calling his friend and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm with, I was with her. You right. Know? Mm. Excuse me. So on April 26th, Kyler's 2007 roommate and bandmate and witness identified as NY was questioned by the Belton police. He said that he had discussed how uh, angry uh, he, ugh, I can't even speak. He said that, okay, NY said that Kyler discussed how he was angry that Kara, quote, wouldn't love him, end quote. Because of this, Kyler told KR that he, quote, snapped and something bad happened to Kara, end quote. So, all right, we've already got now that she wouldn't love him. She was seeing other guys. It sounds like she's going on with her life like right. anybody who breaks up with somebody does. But he can't handle that. And we've already got the first person throwing up that she's dead, serious, something bad. Right. Well, then on January 22nd, we're skipping all the way into 2011 now, witness KF contacted the Belton Police Department. So this is somebody coming forward on their own fruition here. Uh, KF told police that Kyler told her that he killed Kara by choking her to death and then he put her in the woods. All right. Now we've got something bad has happened to her and he mm -hmm. snapped. We've got she's choked to death and in the woods. Um, he's kind of incriminating himself, right? Like uh, it, it's that old saying, you want to keep a murder secret, you know, you kill two people or something. Two people can keep a murder secret if one of them is dead. That's it. Right. But it sounds like he is just telling everybody all over fucking town his business. Um, because this is going to be, there's going to be a couple of recurring themes and the talk of him snapping, killing her in the woods is a big part of this. Mm -hmm. So um, then, uh, let's see, where am I? Uh, a few days after that, February 4th, 2011, KF, the same witness, calls 
Belton police again to tell them that Kyler confessed again to killing Kara and putting her body in the woods. And he also describes in detail her taking her last breath. Hmm. There's a few really heavy moments in this where I'm like typing this out and it's like, fuck this piece of shit. Like he's already a piece of shit for, you know, being an abusive asshole. Right. But the level of shitdom takes off in this case. That's disgusting. Um, I had a hard time with a few of these points and we're getting to them. So a few months goes by. It's now August 19th. 2011 an ex-girlfriend and witness identified as cm was interviewed by belton police she told them that kyler was violent and he bragged about how he killed before and he wouldn't hesitate to kill her great nice Mm, guy yeah sounds like a real winner well um not even a month goes by it's september 6th and kyler pleads guilty to domestic assault for choking the girl for, uh, his girlfriend that is six months pregnant on July 22nd, July 23rd, around midnight, somewhere like that. Okay, this is where the shitdom takes off. In addition to choking out a pregnant woman, she had three kittens. Oh, she did not kill the kittens, did he? In her statement, she states, he told her, I quote, I've killed before, I've killed people before even ex-girlfriends out of sheer jealousy i will kill you end quote kyler went on to tell his girlfriend's mother that he quote knew uh he knew where the pigs were that would eat anything including bones that he had seen arms ripped off of people while they were still alive and he had seen people dropped into barrels of acid to destroy evidence who the hell is he hanging out with jesus christ i mean belton is does have like farming communities around there it's it's like rural uh, rural cass county so i can see yeah this guy's fucking scary and yes he did kill the kittens um i didn't they do in one of the articles talk in detail how he killed the kittens and uh, i didn't put it in there i just put and killed kittens and we moved on because you kill kittens you're yeah you're a piece of shit people but you know kittens are you know i yeah Uh, anyway so the pregnant girlfriend told police uh about killing the kittens and the okay I put in here, I was like, the September 6th KSHB TV article did list the details of how, but I didn't want to discuss the brutality. So, in case I forgot, I wrote myself a note about, <laughs> I'm not talking about the dead kittens. <laughs> well, now, okay, so we left off September 2011, and we are now all the way to June 5th, 2012, a witness under the name S.D., contacted Belton police and said that earlier in 2012 Kyler admitted to having relationship problems and that he wanted to pick her up on May 4th from school because she got into an argument with one of her teachers and she was upset so it sounds like he's saying she got into this fight with her teacher she called him and was like can you come pick me up Uh, I'm not buying it Um, Okay, so they got into a physical altercation when he choked her out. He also describes, like in the February 4th, 2011 KF witness confession, he uh, describes in detail 
her taking her last breath before putting her body in the woods. So now we have two people that probably don't even know each other with the same fucking story of choking her out, her last breaths, her body in the woods. Oh my God. Once again, this guy is just skating by too. No kidding. Like it's infuriating. I understand there has to be concrete evidence and there have to have warrants and there's, you know, due process, blah, blah, blah. (sighs) There's a lot of circumstantial things happening here but circumstantial leaves room for reasonable doubt so i'm sure police police know who this motherfucker is he is not like a squeaky clean boy who you know in the heat of the moment with a girlfriend no this guy is known for fucking being a dick fucking beating up his girlfriends just being a piece of shit god damn and Okay, so since Belton's kind of local, I do have friends in Belton, and I know people who knew him, Mm -hmm. and I have not heard anything good about this guy. Ever. Ever. It doesn't surprise me. Probably drink... He sounds like somebody that would drink, like, off-brand monster drinks (laughs) from, like, Dollar Tree. (laughs) So, um, okay, a witness. We're now March 28th, 2016. A witness and uh, that was Kyler's former cellmate at the Oklahoma Correctional Facility. Uh, his initials are JC. He contacts Belton Police to tell them that in 2015, Kyler was questioned about the phone records and he needed JC's help with an alibi and confessed to choking her to death. So now he's trying to get this fucking dude who's in an Oklahoma jail to give him an alibi and he's also confessing to him that he fucking choked her out right so now we've got what three four five fucking people that all have the same story exactly and this guy's in a completely different state uh, i'm telling you i hope that he is on radar at this point Mm-hmm. you'd hope so um okay september 9th 2016 another girl beautiful girl jessica runyons is reported missing she was last seen at a house party on september 8th 2016 about 11 p.m and guess what with kyler used gross. kyler He's kyler so, it's gross and dude his pictures he uh I, I don't know how guys like him get more pussy than you can shake a stick at but apparently it. it's happening So witnesses at the party say that Kyler was drinking quite a bit and that he was acting like an aggressive, jealous boyfriend. And they were also arguing at the party. They left the party about 11 p.m. in her 2012 Chevy Equinox. So we know that. The next day, September 10th, this is a busy day. I had to read multiple articles to get this day straight. So the first part of the day... At 1.41 a.m. on September 10th, police find Jessica's Chevy Equinox ablaze. Like, it is on on fire. fire. Totally. Oh, my gosh. So, later the same day, Kyler and his half-brother, Jessup. Jessup? Jessup. Yes, it's Jess and then up. Uh, He's going to be a big part of this story, too. So, once again, now we've gone from Kara to now we have Jessica, we have Jess up in this. People are getting sucked into this shit. So anyway, um, police in Henry County um, 
which is a county over from Cass County where Belton is located, they see his truck driving erratically and the police attempt to pull him over, Jessup. He speeds away going over 70 miles an hour. Well, when they finally pull him over, police find Jessup, a woman, and... Okay, so in a couple of articles, they refer to her just as a woman and then as Jessup's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to leave it at woman. Uh, And she has a gun and Kyler is in the back seat. Um, They didn't have like any red flags of Kyler's, you know, setting the car on fire. They hadn't made all that connection yet. So after issuing him a shit ton of citations, they were all let go. So after getting all those tickets, Jessup took Kyler to his home in Edwards, Missouri, which is in Benton County. I'm only emphasizing the counties because they just go into, you know, he was in court in this county. So, mm-hmm. well, then after he drops him off, Jessup calls Belton police about what Kyler, con- uh, what Kyler was confessing to him and that he had strangled Jessica and quote, she was gone, end quote. Yikes. So now we have a second girl. Similar fucking stories are starting to come out. He's already choked a pregnant girl and killed some kittens, you know. So he said uh, that Kyler put her body in a, guess what, wooded area. Of course. And asked if, uh, he asked Jessup, would you help me burn up the car? Jessup admits that he saw Kyler burn up the car and um, in the fire, Kyler ends up getting, like, burnt in the face and neck area and shit pretty bad. So, um, he, sustains fi- uh, bur- uh, he sustains burns from the fire. And then Jessup also tells him he's staying at the house in Edwards. You can find him there. So, the next day, September 11th, 2016, police go down there and Kyler is arrested and taken into custody. Thank God. No kidding. Um, he does have burns corroborating, um, Jessup's story, but he also has scratches on his throat. So, yeah, um, obviously defensive. I'm sure Jessica gave him the fight of her life. I would too. He is being arrested for burning up the vehicle, not murder, not anything about any girls at this point. So... And this is going to kind of take a hot minute, too. Like, this is where shit starts getting frustrating for me because it's this guy. It's nothing but fucking games. It's games and bullshit out of this guy. And, yeah, he should be taken out back and shot. And, yeah, I fucking said it. Mm -hmm. So four days later, it's September 15th. Kyler, who's now 28 years old, he makes his first court appearance for the burning of Jessica's car. Jessica's family was not at the hearing. However, Kara's parents showed up. And uh, the mom, of course, she's just like, look at him. He thinks he's untouchable. He's so smug. Right. And yeah, Rhonda was right. He thinks he is untouchable and he is smug. He's gone on, you know, beating up all these girlfriends for years. And I mean... Kara went missing in 2007. This is 2016. Hell yeah. Ten years later. He's got a fucking sense of untouchableness because, you know, yeah, I killed this girl 10, 11 years ago, whatever like that, and nobody's going to do anything. Nobody knows nothing. Right. Yeah, that's what he thinks. Uh Uh-huh. So his next court date is set up for September 29th. 
Well, we get to September 29th. It's been three weeks since Jessica has been seen, and Kyler is back in court for burning up her car. The article didn't go into details about what this court date was, but they said the next court date is October 31st. So between court dates, it's now October 5th, and the former roommate identified as AC told police that three and a half years earlier, so like 2012-2013, Kyler told him that he did kill Kara and that the body would never be found. And I mean, once again, we're already nine years into this and she still hasn't... That body would be pretty decomposed at this point. Well, and he's... All these years has just solidified that she wouldn't be found. And this is a case that I've been familiar with for years because back before Investigation Discovery had their own streaming channel, they used to stream on Netflix. So I watched like the first five seasons of Disappeared repetitively. And Kara, her episode was unsolved at the time. Spoiler, sorry. Uh, But this was one of the cases that I really liked just for the fact that I like local cases. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe she didn't get as much coverage and the family did what they could to keep her name out there but uh this has been a good missing person case that i'm glad gets some resolve sorry to spoil that right now because we're only in 2016. (laughs) (laughs) okay so i couldn't find an article about the october 31st court date but there may have been a short delay because the next article is about a november 4th court date So he pleads not guilty to burning up her car, of course. But those burns don't, you know. Like, like, seriously. (laughs) Covered in burns like Freddy Krueger. And it's like, I didn't set that fire. I don't know who it is. What fire? So the timeline, there's a skip in the timeline. So I'm guessing that the the next, like, court dates and appearances are all just procedural at this point. Um, So we skip all the way to January 29th of 2017. So while searching for Jessica, oh yeah, I guess I should have said during all this time, there's been search parties and fundraisers and all friends and the community really coming together for Jessica. And this also breathes new life into Kara Kapetsky's mm-hmm. case. As a matter of fact, the Runyon's family and the Beckfords, Kara's parents really became close and friends through this and really helped each other through it which Mm -hmm. that's i thought that was really great it is good that's something positive out of this whole horrible experience right so while searching for jessica search crews discover two bodies over the past couple weeks so late december early i'm sorry mid-january to end january uh they neither one of these bodies were jessica or kara one, uh, one was a missing person case from November 2016 named Brandon Herring, and his death has been ruled a homicide. The second body wasn't identified by name at the time of the article, but they did say that that death was also suspicious. So now we've got two more dead bodies. I think I remember when they did that. Um, I think I remember that in the news. It's now February 17th, 2017. And Kara would have turned 27 today. April 3rd, 2017, human remains are discovered in Cass County. 
Just south of Belton, a mushroom hunter discovers the remains about 3.40 p.m. And I did read that um, this property and where these remains were found and he was mushroom hunting on mm -hmm. belonged to a local quarry. This is quarry property that they're on at this point. So it is private belonging to a local business. So um, April 4th, the next day, after the mushroom hunter finds it, a second set of remains are discovered in the same area. Uh, this actually... They just find a skull. So, right. yeah. April 5th, the first remains that were found on the 3rd are identified as Jessica Runyon's. Mm. Uh, she was found in a wooded area, just like all the witnesses said Kyler confessed to. So, we now have Jessica. Thank goodness. Um, there is some closure there. Right. Um, all right. Then we move to... April 27th, 2017, Jessup, this half-brother that we've mentioned a couple of times, is arrested and taken into uh, custody in Benton County. Um, I'm only throwing him in here because he is a big part of the story, and this is just as fucked up. But anyway, it doesn't go into detail about what he was arrested for in Benton County, just that he had four warrants. But then... The next article for April 28th states that Carter is in Benton County Jail accused of attacking his girlfriend. But it also says that he turned himself in. So it says on the 27th that he was taken into custody, but then on the 28th it said it turned himself in. So was he taken into custody on the 27th or did he turn himself in on the 28th? Either way... It doesn't matter. He's in custody for the 2016 attack on his girlfriend, and he didn't show up to court for that, so that's why he has warrants. And he's also still on the hook for the September 2016 traffic stop with Kyler in Henry County. He will face court and punishment in both Benton and Henry County. Sounds like he deserves it. Jesus. Um, I almost had to do, like, like a those like family timelines where they show the mom and the dad and then there's lines going to kids. Uh -huh. I almost had to do like here's Jessup and here's all his crimes because I mean these, it's just, like just one the... crime after another with these fucking God. people. So it's now April 29th, 2017, and a memorial service is held for Jessica. Several hundred people show up for their service for the service and to pay their respects. This tugged at my heart a little. Uh, they refer to it as a celebration of life, and it was organized by her younger sister, Megan, who was 14 at the time. Mm -hmm. Megan was quoted as saying, I hope I can get through this. Um, she was the most amazing person that I'll ever meet in my entire life, and she'll continue to form me into the person I am today. Mm -hmm. Wow. That... Sounds like an amazing big sister. She did. Yeah. And she was just so pretty and just so full of potential. And, and then this came this asshole. Yeah. So he should have been lucky to fucking get a girl like her. Oh, no shit. So now it's May 2017, and it's been 10 years since Kara has gone missing. It's now July 10th, 2017, and Jessica would have turned 22 today. Mm. 
We finally make it to August 16th, 2017, and the FBI confirms that the second set of remains that they found in April, those are Karakopetskis. When that news broke, I remember, I'm not going to say, I remember where I was that day. I don't remember where I was, but I remember, it's like, thank God. I know, I kind of finally remember that too. Finally, it's like we have, we know where she's at. We can put her to rest. I mean, not we, but her parents, you know, and it's like, this is, I have followed this case for many years. And that's something I've always wanted for each of these cases I talk about if is just to know to have the answers to get some closure some resolve something not just one day she's here one day she's gone and you never know nothing that's more that at least you know that you know that they can you know have some place you know they know she's going to be buried there you know they can have some sort of peace with this yes so at this point um the Bones are identified. At this point, no one has been charged in either girl's death. But that being said, Kyler is still in the can for burning up Jessica's car, so he can't hurt anybody else right now. Um, September 16th, 2017 was the day of Kara's funeral. So, um, just to put, uh, oh, so two days after, uh, this next article was kind of inconsequential to this but i'm only putting this in here to show what kind of a fucking i can't even describe this fucking guy because you're getting ready to see now that he's in jail he's got attorneys motions are going to start getting filed Mm -hmm. this guy plays one fucking ploy after another and it is beyond infuriating that he gets to use the legal system the way he does so, two days after her funeral, Kyle and five, I'm sorry, Kyler. Kyler. How dare I insult Kyle's. Ugh. Anyway, Kyler and five other inmates try to sue the Jackson County Detention Center for not providing them fresh sheets and toothpaste as fast as they needed it and stuff. Fuck that guy. So, they're trying to sue. Well, the judge saw it and was like, Get to me when you have some evidence. Case dismissed. Get the fuck out of my face. As he should have. Good going, judge. So then, this is just the beginning of his fucking filing motions and ploys. September 29th, 2017. Kyler and his attorneys asked for a continuance in his trial for burning up Jessica's vehicle. And he was, of course, giving the continuance. So... We're on ploy number two. I'm going to try to keep track of how many times this guy is asking the courts for stuff. You want fresh sheets and toothpaste and a continuance? Well, I'm sure those two girls wanted to live. Right. No kidding. So, it's October 5th, 2017. Kyler is finally, finally charged with two counts of first-degree murder for the deaths of Kara and Jessica. He is also being charged with two counts of an abandonment of a corpse. Of course, he plans to plead not guilty. His attorney that is representing him for the burning car, her name's Molly Hastings. Um, She is defending him, of course, for the car, but she, in this article, kind of comes out and says she's unsure if she will defend him through the murder charges, and she knew these charges were, quote, inevitable. 
Yeah, so, like, I wouldn't want to be the losing attorney in this one. Well, I mean, that's got to say something right there. That it's like, okay, I'll defend you for burning this car, but I know those murder charges are coming down. This evidence and these witnesses uh-huh. and these red flags. Good for her for getting the fuck no, out. Kidding. Good for Molly Hastings. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to spoil that. She leaves. <laughs> So, it's now December 28th, 2017. Uh, Kyler gets a new attorney. He has a public defender from St. Louis. And with the attorney change, he's given another continuance. This time, till March of 2018. So, that it seems like they gave them, like, three months to get ready. Not even three months. Oh, well. Yeah, whatever. So, February 13th, 2018... Jessup is back in court. He gets a court date of October 16th for the traffic violations that took place in September 2016. Dude, what kind of shit is that? Like, okay, he did some traffic bullshit in 2016, and it's now two years later. Me, I get like one fucking speeding ticket, and I mean, Uh you you got warrants for your arrest and everything. It's like, dude, I just got the ticket yesterday. (laughs) Just kidding on that. But still, um, I'm just, once again, throwing Jessup in here because he is kind of part of this timeline, unfortunately. So, okay. He was given that continuance till March 1st. It's now March 1st, 2018. And Kyler waives his right to a preliminary trial. So I wanted to make sure I knew what a preliminary trial Mm -hmm. was and according to the doj a preliminary hearing is and this is their definition the preliminary hearing is like a mini trial the prosecution will call witnesses and introduce evidence and the defense can cross-examine witnesses however the defense cannot object to using certain evidence and in fact Evidence is allowed to be present at a preliminary hearing that could not be shown to a jury at trial. Right. I was like, oh, shit. So there's going to be evidence that ain't going to be seen. If the judge concludes there is probable cause to believe the crime was committed by the defendant, a trial will soon be scheduled. However, if the judge does not believe that the evidence establishes probable cause, that the defendant committed the offense, they will, of course, dismiss the charges. Mm -hmm. So, his attorney also files a motion. We're on to, what, number three now? Yeah. So, he gets a motion asking if, and fuck this request, asking if Kyler could wear civilian clothes during the trial due to the, quote, uniquely high level of publicity. Fuck him. Uh, for just me, whatever. I would think this would just be easy. Say there's a bunch of people in the court. There's kind of a hoopla. People are moving around. For me, that just kind of gives him a window to mix into a crowd of people right. and fucking disappear. So fuck mm-hmm. you in your regular clothes. No, you don't, you don't, he doesn't deserve that privilege. Well, the judge didn't decide on this particular motion on this court date. And the next court date is set for June 18th. And... I don't know if he got to wear regular clothes or not. Every picture I see him in, he's either in stripes or Orange County suits. So, but these are, of course, mug shots. These aren't mm-hmm. shots of him in the courtroom. Um, there is a couple where he's being brought in and out of the courthouse. Um, I 
and he is wearing, you know, county detention stuff. So I don't think he gets to wear regular clothes. Good. Right. So June 18th comes and Kyler, of course, pleads not guilty. Next court date, July 16th. Uh, July 16th comes and Jessup is charged with second degree arson. So, yeah, he's gone from traffic tickets and beating up girlfriends to burning a fucking house down. Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> excuse me, I have to cop before I get into what this article states. <clears throat> On that note, Jessup tries to stop the firefighters from putting out the fire. And one of the firefighters states he heard Jessup say, quote, This is my domain. I started the fire and you have no authority oh, here. Oh, for the love of fucking God. End quote. <laughs> when questioned by investigators, he, of course, says he didn't start the fire. He was in the back of the house doing laundry. He saw smoke and left. Uh-huh. Right. I don't believe this guy knows how yeah, to do whatever. laundry. I don't, I wouldn't, I, no, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's now September 17th, 2018 still. Kyler's defense attorney wants his trial moved to another county due to all the publicity. Um, an agreement was reached between uh, the prosecution and the defense that it will stay in Cass County, but the jury will be from another county, which ended up being St. Charles County, which mm -hmm. is like right outside St. Louis. Yeah. Um, which is, if you don't know, KC to St. Louis, that's like four yeah, hours. something like four hours. Yeah, so... Um, maybe the people in St. Charles County weren't paying attention to what was going here. Hopefully they get a jury that will do their job. Right. Two days later, it's September 19th, 2018. Jessup, who is in jail for the 2018 arson case, um, he is found dead in his Jackson County jail cell. He was five days away from going to his, uh, going to court for the July arson, and he was still on the hook for the other two counties. Apparently, he committed suicide. Good Lord. Um, when it all went down, this, I don't know, this is just speculation, but Jessup was likely to be a key witness in the murder trial. Uh -huh. And I don't, I would think his suicide would kind of come as a blow. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's done all this other shit, and he doesn't have the best credibility, but I can see how this would still be a blow to the case because, right. I mean, he he was there when the fucking car was burned up. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. But then again, I don't even see that he would be truthful about anything either, so. I, honestly, this guy, he's not a big as shitbag as Kyler um, I think he did the right thing after he took Kyler to the house in Edwards. He called police and was like, look, this is what he told me. This is what he told me yeah, went down. True. So he did kind of come forward. And throughout all of this, uh, there was a couple articles. I glazed over those because I didn't feel we needed those details. But he and his family were completely, you know, against him killing these girls, his actions. They were like, dude, you fucked up and did wrong. So at least there's some still sense of a moral compass within the half-brother and grandfather that, mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, so um, it's now October 1st, 2018, and there was a hearing in which Kyler's attorney, her name is Sharon Turlington, 
uh, she is also a public defender. She said that she wouldn't be ready to defend Kyler until fall of 2019 because she is, quote, booked with other trials through September 2019. And, um, as well as she has to review at least 12,000 pages of documents and hours of video. So now we have another delay because Great. we have a switching of attorneys. And as much as I don't like it, he I is mean, entitled to a fair and right. speedy trial. I don't know about speedy, but oh. a fair trial. So this is just another delay and an understandable delay Uh but it's one that hasn't been brought by Kyler or his fucking stupid demands. However, it is still a blow to the families that he is still not being held accountable. Uh, jury selection at this point is to begin October 31st, 2019, and trial will begin November 4th. When we get to August 23rd, 2019, my frustration was setting in. At this point, like mm -hmm. I, I start typing my pissed off notes through this. <laughs> so Kyler's attorney files medical paperwork from a recent doctor's examination that states, quote, he lacks the capacity to understand the proceedings against him oh, or to oh assist God. in his own defense and that he is, quote, mentally unfit at this time to proceed. That's a bunch of horseshit. Yeah. Ploy straight up fucking delay ploy his attorneys then argue that since he is unfit for these proceedings that they must be suspended and that he must be quote committed to the custody of missouri department of mental health for as long as his mental unfitness in endures or until this case is resolved and i what bet is... it would be right as he's unfit he'll be just fine so of i course. mean yeah um Whatever. Once again, this is just a ploy to do what he can to get him off or at least not go to hardcore prison. Or at one point, the first attorney for the burning up of the car, she didn't want to take this case because she wasn't sure if they were going to try him for capital murder. And I'm sure she doesn't want a fucking death penalty case on her hands. No. So they're trying to save him from hardcore prison, death penalty, get him off, whatever. So it's now September 3rd, and a Cass County judge orders that Kyler get a mental health evaluation to see if he is fit. At this point, he gets the evaluation. Wait, when he gets it, if he is competent, his attorneys have 10 days to object to those results, and they get another 30 days to do a second evaluation by a second doctor. Oh, my Lord. At the end of this article, uh the still has the jury selection and trial date as listed above so so far this mental health evaluation hasn't delayed anything but this is short-lived so it's now september 16th and prosecutors submitted 43 discs worth of new evidence including local police and fbi reports and case tips okay so I had to write this out because this kind of got good. It seems some drama went down at this evidence hearing. Um, you know that the written word doesn't convey tone at all, so I could be taking this quote out of context, uh -huh. but I will direct quote what is said. Okay, so this is coming from the judge. Okay. Um, sorry, his attorneys say this first. 
because of the new evidence and a pending evaluation of Eust uh, from the Missouri Department of Mental Health, Eust's defense team questioned if the November 4th date was, trial date was possible. One of the defense attorneys noted that the team's doctor had already found Eust not competent to stand trial. Well, the judge clapped back with this. He says, quote, I'm the one who makes the decisions at the hearing and noted he wouldn't be hurt. He he hadn't heard one piece of evidence about youths, youths, whatever his fucking last name is, <laughs> about this dickhead's <laughs> mental health state. So the judge is like, no, so far the court date stands. You don't get to make decisions in my fucking courtroom. Right. I will decide what's going on. So oh, yeah. good for this judge. So in numerous articles into this, um, every article I look at has this guy's face. I hate his name. I hate seeing his face. And they have to put him in every fucking article. That's a note I typed in here. Because <laughs> once again, my frustration is just constantly building. And we're only to 2019. God. So here it says September 30th, 2019. I'm already getting irritated at this guy and his fucking attorneys. Today, his lawyers filed another motion that do, uh, asking that he doesn't need to require be required to be present in court. They claim that he is, quote, currently incompetent to proceed based upon mental disease or defect that has extreme anxiety about appearing in court. Whatever. First of all, this is not this dude's fucking first rodeo. Why didn't he have anxiety or say right, some for shit? Right, all the crap he's done in the past. Right. Why Why does he have anxiety now? You know why? Because it's a fucking ploy. The judge did not make a decision at this hearing. Uh, I'm guessing that he ruled against that because it seems he was at trial. Right. So now it's October 17th and a mental health evaluation results are in and he is competent. Good. And like we all thought that would happen, his attorneys object and seek a second opinion. Of course. His attorneys are still arguing that he has, I had to like quote all of this because this sounds like such bullshit. But anyway, he has mood-related symptoms including anxiety, depression, and suicidal gestures and has a history of depressive and anxiety symptoms. You know what? Welcome to the fucking club. No kidding. Seriously. Show me somebody who doesn't have mental problems of some sort, and I'll show you somebody who's full of shit. For real. So, fuck him and his mental problems. What about the fucking mental problems he's inflicted on all those families? Yeah, I'm with you. So now, they have till December 16th, of course, delaying that November 4th trial date. They have till December 16th to get a second evaluation. November 18th, the defense, they have a hearing and the defense pulls a couple things at this hearing. I had to like separate this bullshit. So one, they are, uh, they will withdraw the motion for a second mental health evaluation if the jail doctor gives Kyler prescriptions for depression and anxiety. And two, the defense was tossing around the idea of doing uh, more tests on the remains that were found, 
but wanted to read existing reports before deciding on further testing. And this further testing, of course, can take six months to a fucking year. Right. And, of course, if you know they're tossing around the idea, you, it's already an idea. Of they're, course. Yeah. So his team is pulling all kinds of fucking strings to do what they can. The judge is looking to start the new date uh, for December 19th. Uh, he's looking to set a new date at the December 19th hearing. So the day before the December 19th hearing, it's the 18th, attorneys file another motion uh, that part of the physical evidence be retested. So here we are. Of course. Kyler asks for, and this is how it's pretty much stated. I kind of, you know, I didn't copy and paste this, but Kyler asks for the girl's remains for an independent DNA examination in which he says he has raised the money for this retesting. I'm wondering where the hell he's getting all the money for his attorneys and shit like this. For this uh, he has public defenders. Okay. But now he has money for retesting these bones. Okay. So, yeah. December 19th, the new dates for jury selection is now July 22nd, uh, 2020. And uh, the trial will begin July 27th. An evidence hearing was also set up for January to discuss the further DNA testing. Well, February 7th, 2020, the motion uh, to further DNA test the remains of Jessica and Kara was granted to Kyler and his attorneys. The testing will be done by an Oklahoma-based DNA solutions. Uh, they will be testing the skeletal remains and hair that was recovered from an SUV about mm -hmm. the same time. They have till April 30th to get those results in. So it's May 28th. Um, Kyler and his team files another motion to delay due to COVID. Oh, Jesus. I knew that was coming. I saw that. Yeah, uh, we all knew this was coming. They claim that COVID has, quote, seriously hampered their ability to provide counsel and interview potential witnesses. So, all right. In addition to their COVID delay, his lawyers are saying that they didn't get some of that 2013 evidence, which I believe was the hair in the car, but uh -huh. I'm, don't quote me on that. They just said 2013 evidence. They didn't get that evidence until January of 2020. Then they didn't get an un undocumented recording until April of 2020. So in addition to this COVID delay, now they're saying, well, we're not getting all the fucking evidence. I understand he has the right to due process, which includes all the evidence. But, I mean, so far this evidence ain't looking good. I know. <laughs> why, would you, why would you want that? You want them to look more guilty? Okay, so, uh, where were we? They claim that if the July 27th trial date begins, that, quote, social distancing rules and mask requirements will infringe upon his right to a fair trial. I thought, you know, I would think Wait. that, like, wearing a mask would, like, you know, reduce some of that anxiety he would have, you know, being in front of a court, but no, apparently not. Well, and how does wearing a mask and standing six feet away from somebody infringe on somebody's rights? Right, I don't know. More bullshit, if you ask me. Uh -huh. So, they went on to file another motion to have uh, his indictment drop because Cass County staff members 
listened in on calls with his attorney, which is a violation of confidential communications. Keep in mind, I said Cass County um, jail staff members. That's going to be important mm -hmm. to this because, honestly, that is a violation of client attorney confidentiality, yep. them listening. But it's who listens that plays key into this, which, thank God. June 3rd, 2020, the July 27th trial date was delayed uh, at the June 2nd hearing. No new date was set. Um, great. Mm -hmm. More delays. This fam, I feel for these two families, not just for the fact that they lost two girls, but now it's like every time they turn on the news, it's this guy pulling his bullshit, slapping them in the face with, can I not be present? Can I wear regular clothes? I need toothpaste. Fuck you. No kidding. I know I say that a lot and I have disdain through this. It's because, you know, I, what gives you the right to fucking snuff their life out like that? No kidding. They were fucking girlfriends that just didn't want to be with you. So no, move, move on. on. Like they tried to. No kidding. Okay. July 7th, 2020, the defense files more motions. I'm getting tired of this fucking no defense kidding. team. I mean... I guess for him, good, they're doing their job, but they want more forensic exam of the police. Oh, so there's like a cop for KCPD that plays into this, and I'll get into those details after this motion, but they want a forensic exam of a police officer's telephone after having an appropriate relationship with witnesses. Yes, I said witnesses, not just witness. They want uh, an examination of the phone calls from rumors that his attorney heard. So basically his attorneys heard that this cop was doing his own rogue investigation, mm -hmm. questioning witnesses. And he, first of all, it's in KCPD. He was not asked to do this investigation. This is his own rogue investigation, but his attorneys are hearing this all on rumor at this point. There is no evidence to back any of this up at this point. Well, prosecution collapsed back with their own motion to the phone exam motion, claiming that their exam is, quote, irrelevant and not likely to lead to discoverable evidence and unduly burdensome. So the, the prosecution is clapping back saying, you know, your fucking exam of this is going to lead nowhere. Right. It's nothing. Two. Sharon Turlington, the public defender out of St. Louis, she wants to review recordings from the breach of confidentiality. For the case to move forward, the sheriff did have to hand those recordings over. Okay. July 15th, the Cass County judge makes, the, uh, makes an order to have all phone calls, texts, emails from Kyler while incarcerated at Cass County Jail be sent to his defense attorneys, pardon me, uh, and to a special master in uh, the case for review, a case master. So um, about a month later, August 17th, the court order was issued for the cop's phone for examination. Before, oh, this is, this is gold. I don't know. 
before he could hand the phone over for evidence, the phone was, quote, accidentally fell into a water cooler before the court order could turn it over. Uh So whatever they need a bowl of rice. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they got any evidence off of the phone or not. I didn't really, I mean, we're already an hour into this and I mean, it's just one motion after another. And I didn't really want to get into the details of this cop's phone, just that he is a KCPD officer He's doing his own rogue investigation. So, anyway, August 26th, just nine days later, the alleged breach of confidentiality that the defense is claiming, it was found that the violations do not warrant the indictment being dismissed, thank God. No kidding. Or the removal of the prosecutor. Okay, they threw the removal of the prosecutor in there because, hold on. It was acknowledged that 23 phone calls were recorded and 12 of those 23 were monitored. Hmm. And some of his uh, uh, some of his attorney's emails were not encrypted. Um, so here's where why they threw the uh, they didn't throw the indictment out because the prosecutor did not hear these monitored phone calls or see it. The attorney, the prosecuting attorney, is not tainted by this evidence. Mm-hmm. Only that the jail staff was the only ones that had access, and that access or information was never given to the Cass County prosecutor, therefore exonerating the prosecutor of being biased, and that those phone calls stayed between those right. two staff members. They didn't... Yeah, word didn't get out or nothing of that. Just they heard it. That's the end of the fucking story. So thank God that that kind of panned out the way that it did. Yeah. So it's now October 5th, 2020, and jury selection was scheduled, uh, is now scheduled for March 29th, 2021, but there is no date for the trial. The jurors, like I said, will be selected from the St. Louis area. Two days later, it's October 7th. The trial date is now set for April 5th, 2021. So we're getting close. Uh, All right. Anticipation. Okay, we're going to skip here and go to January 12th of 2021. Um, So the defense team alleges that this KCPD cop was conducting his own investigation. Um, They want those records turned over should they exist. They kind of threw that little, if they exist, exist. in there. So, um, once again, so it's February 1st. I know I say so. It's February 1st. (laughs) It's now February 1st. And his attorneys file another emotion, emotion. They file a motion to dismiss the abandonment of a corpse charges, claiming that, oh, and this is some bullshit, I read this and I had to read this like three times because it's like, no shit. But they claim that if he told police the locations of the bodies, that it would have been a, quote, flagrant violation of his constitutional protection against self-incrimination. for the love of God. So, So basically he didn't, they want this dismissed. Because he didn't want to self-incriminate, but the judge did not file in this motion. So, yeah. February 17th, 
I feel like we could play a drinking game to another motion filed. So another motion is filed by the defense. And this time it's the judge that they're gunning for. Mm -hmm. Uh, The file, uh, they filed a motion asking for a change of judge now. This motion comes from an anonymous letter claiming that Judge William Collins has ties to the victim's families. Collins denies these allegations. He goes on to say that he, quote, had, uh, that he had no idea why someone would make these allegations and said he wanted it on the record that he never attended any rallies or events related to the murders of Kara Kapetsky and Jessica Runyons. So... I think this is just another bullshit ploy yeah. by the defense team. Just throwing some sand in everybody's face. Yeah, let's keep it. And how did these attorneys sleep at night? I don't know. It's like, you got this, you want this taken off, you want him to get this, you want him to be fucking babied and coddled. Whatever. Yeah. No. June 7th, after much delay and numerous motions filed, Kyler was finally found guilty of voluntary manslaughter in the Kara case and second-degree murder for Jessica's case. He was given 15 years for the manslaughter and and life for the second-degree murder. However, life is capped at 30 years. So that makes for a 45-year sentence. And this I read, I don't know if this applies to him, but... There is eligibility for parole after 85% of the sentence is served. So So that would mean he would be somewhere in his 60s when he would be eligible for parole. Yeah, he can still have a fucking life. Whatever. Okay, so based on the last article, the ploy of the anonymous letter to remove the judge, I guess it didn't work because the article that I was reading about where he was convicted, the Cass County judge goes on to say that you sentences will run consecutively one after another. Uh, Let's see. In May, Eust's defense team filed a motion for a new trial alleging several infractions in the prosecutor and the court's conduct. Monday, Judge Collins denied that fucking motion. Shut it down. It's time to end this. We're not done. Oh, God. So now it's August 26, 2021. Kyler is moved. This is just the most recent. He uh, He's just moved from Cass County to Western Missouri Correctional Facility in Cameron. And the article ends with the request for a new trial and how it was denied. And now they say they plan on appealing. So thank God he was found guilty after... Right. At, 10 years. God damn. He's good. He can't hurt nobody else. And I don't feel like, once again, I know that we're all entitled to a fair trial. And if it was my life on the line, I would want my attorneys to do everything they possibly could. But I feel like these attorneys were playing fucking games. Yeah. They were pulling bullshit out of their ass to do what they could to get him out of this or get him at least in a mental process. Right. And it's like, what if it was your daughter? What if it was your 17 year old daughter? I bet they don't think about that. No, I don't know. I can't speak for what they think. I just know my opinion of their job, which if I was the guilty one, I think my, my attorneys probably would, if I was him, I would think, yeah, they're doing a bang up job. They're keeping me out of this. I mean, he's still in the fucking can, 
but he ain't looking at 45 years at this point. Yeah. So I guess, you know, good for them on his part, but. It still mm. sucks. And good for that fucking, the original attorney with the burning car for getting out of this. Because <laughs> she knew, she knew this was a boat that was going down. I mean, with the kind of comment of these charges are inevitable, yeah, she knew. The writing was on the wall, and they all know it, too, and that's why it was one ploy after another. What's your take? I have totally talked through, like, all of this. <laughs> like, I, I'm i in agreement with a lot of this with you. You know, he, that hammer should have come down on that, that guy a long fucking time ago. I just, you know, sometimes I think... Again, my own personal opinion in that, you know, the justice system isn't always fair to everybody. Um, it, you know, it, different circumstances for different people. But man, it seems like this was drug out for a really fucking long time that shouldn't have have been. I don't know. I, I, I think he should rot. Um, I hope that. Okay, now I have only driven past the prison in Cameron, which is just north of here. And it looks like a pretty intimidating place. It's maximum and minimum security there. So uh, I just, I hope he has a slip and fall in the shower every day he's there. So on that note, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I appreciate you guys listening along. Thank you so much, Charming Amy, for joining us again on this on this local case here and thank you matt for your listener request i appreciate you listening along and i hope that you like this uh recording if not um sorry (laughs) i did my best (laughs) i did my best (laughs) and on that note thank you and um i will have visual aids you can follow along i personally like faces to names so you can find those visual aids and pictures on my instagram and facebook at housewife of horrors it's plural more than one horror and um we will return let's see wednesday after next with something else a new case something off the list unless i get a listener request between now and then so uh, i'm glad everybody had a nice safe holiday and uh you all stay safe out there